Welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Elder Scrolls Legends. This episode is sponsored by Team Rankstar and Inked Gaming. Visit TeamRankstar.com for all the latest Tesla news and visit Inked Gaming and use the code TRS12 to get 12% off your next order of customized gaming gear. Cast episode 23.5 in 3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Elder Scrolls Legends. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Lutz, from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and today, well, I'm all alone. In fact, if you haven't noticed, this episode comes out a little bit late. Typically, episodes come out on Friday morning at 6 a.m. EST, but this episode wasn't recorded until, well, Thursday afternoon, or I'm sorry, Friday afternoon for a handful of reasons. First off, this in the States is a big holiday week. It's Thanksgiving, and so happy Thanksgiving to those of you who are in the States or outside the States but still celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, I hope that you had an awesome Thanksgiving. Um, a DBN, my co-host, uh, is not available to record or wasn't available to record like at our regular time this week um, as he was traveling and we just decided to not do a normal episode because of the holiday. Um, but I thought I would shoot um, a solo show really quick just because there were a couple things that I thought were relevant to talk about inside the game. Um, and also I got an opportunity to play a new game, um, which I'll take a couple minutes to talk about. On top of all of that, I finished my recording room, which is really awesome. So sound panels, soundproofing, new room, new area, uh, a new mic stand, a new shock mount, a new pop filter, all the things needed for recording. And I wanted to check it out and, well, see what it turns out like. I want to know what the room sounds like. And the best way to do that was to shoot a brief solo show and release that show a little bit late this week. So you're currently hearing me inside of the new recording room. I hope that it sounds awesome. Um, in terms of the playback, it sounds good. I can tell you that much. What I have in my ears as I'm talking sounds pretty good. I hope that the end result is great. And it just increases the overall quality of the podcast. Um, and if you donate money to us in any way, like if you gave us, um, anything on Patreon or, um, you contribute it through our discord. If you're supporting our show in any way, this room is our victory together. Um, I was going to begin working on this room and it was going to be an office. Um, and instead we poured a little bit of time and energy into the room extra and a little bit of extra resources in order to make it um, viable for recording without disrupting my entire family. And the room is awesome. So especially if you're a Patreon supporter, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everything you've done. I am so thankful for you um, being a Patreon supporter. Um, the next step is upgrading a bunch of parts in the PC um, so that I can actually handle the processing load to do a little bit of streaming, um, which I'm also really excited about. Okay, well, that's enough about the room and the recording. Let's talk a little bit about Elder Scrolls Legends. So two things ended up happening um, since the last time we recorded, and both of those things have to do with A, Reddit, and B, Invade. So Reddit, which has not been the most positive environment in the world recently um, in terms of 
telling if people even like this game or if this game should even exist. Um, I kind of had a bit of a, a, a pushback saying Invade wasn't enough, that the Invade nerf that we received wasn't enough. And so if you're a little unfamiliar with how Invade was originally, Invade meant that uh, whenever you uh, played a card that had Invade, if you didn't have a Oblivion Gate on the board, you summoned an Oblivion Gate. If you did, you leveled up your Oblivion Gate. That would work for everything across the board. So if you had three gates on the board, somehow you got three gates on the board and you played something with Invade, it would upgrade all of those gates. So people were basically playing gates and copying them or bouncing them back to their hand, replaying a bunch of them in one turn, getting a bunch of procs on their gates with cheap invades, and then playing, you know, zero mana, four fours with every keyword um, and winning the game from that. This was the invade combo deck, which really wasn't contributing to the heart and I think the general feel that the design team was hoping to get from Invade. I think their idea was, and even through kind of how they presented it to us, was that you would have a gate and you'd be leveling up that gate and if your opponent couldn't deal with that gate, well then you would win. So they made a first round of adjustments to the gates by making those gates cost three mana instead of zero mana. So if you return them to your hand, they cost three mana instead of zero, which allowed you to still fear totem them back to your hand. Fear totem is a two mana a red spell that allows you to return uh, a creature to an, uh, a, either your hand or your opponent's hand, and it discounted their cost by three. So you could still get zero mana gates if you just simply used fear totem. So we went from like the tri-color popular, um, really oppressive uh, invade combo decks to a dual keller, um, usually battle mage, um, and those were not as oppressive, but still very strong and still able to do some pretty broken things in the game. Um, also, when you return a gate to your hand, it went back to level one, where before you could return a level three, four, or five gate to your hand, and it would be a zero cost gate in your hand. So now you're always going to have a, a three mana um, base starting at base one gate when you returned it. Well, they decided that wasn't enough, so we got another round of adjustments to our Oblivion gates. And this new round of adjustments um, changed them up a little bit more in terms of the fact that when you do invade, um, I believe it hits your highest leveled gate. So if you have a, a level one gate and a level three gate and you invade, you would end up with a level one gate and a level four gate rather than a level two gate and a level four gate. Um, this is really, really smart uh, on their part. And I think is what was needed to, to completely destroy the invade combo that was going around, but still keeps um, some life in the classic Invade deck. So I think Invade is now in the spot where they wanted it to be. Whether or not it's a good deck anymore, which it, it probably isn't, but we never thought it was going to be, um, that, that's up for debate. So I would say that Invade is now where the designers wanted it to be whenever they created it and where they hoped Invade would be whenever they created it. It's not broken, not dominating the meta, and honestly probably isn't even a player in the meta um, probably isn't viable, which I think is one of the risks that the design team ran when they created a set that was so heavily revolved around one specific mechanic, being the invade mechanic. We still have some hand buff things that came out of this, um, but I think it's just important to note that um, when they did release this set, it was so heavily invested around invade that we really, uh, that you couldn't really do it. It was kind of like, I don't know. It, it was like you, 
he was either going to be really, really powerful and oppress the meta because there were so many things that were contributing to it, and if they tweaked the power level just a hair too much, it was going to really win, and that's all this set was going to be known for, or they weren't going to make it powerful enough, and then nothing in this set would have been a viable card because there's so much in this set that does revolve around Invade. So we're kind of like at a catch-22. It's sort of like a double-edged blade, right? Either you don't like this set because the oppressive deck came out of it, or you don't like this set because nothing came out of it. And I think that we've sort of wavered between those two things. I am personally of the opinion that I would rather dislike the set because nothing came out of it than dislike the set because something way too powerful came out of it. Even though I did really enjoy the Invade combo deck and I thought it was a significant amount of fun to play, um, I don't think that that is the direction that the set should have gone. And I like Invade where it is, this sort of mid-rangey, uh, maybe tier 3, tier 4, tier 5 deck that is fun to go and play and you can still complete quests for it and stuff. And it's, vi it's viable and casual, but it isn't going to be a competitive deck. I hope when we receive sets in the future that we've learned a lesson here um, and we learn that, yes, you do need to contribute some... If you're doing a brand new mechanic, you do need to contribute some resources towards that mechanic, but you shouldn't sort of like overpromise. really. You shouldn't send too many things into that because then you end up with this polarized situation where either the set is completely dead or completely oppressive. I think it's very hard to strike that balance and find that perfect place of balance right now especially because we have so many cards available to be played and we're not hearing anything about a rotation anytime soon i think that makes balancing a new mechanic into the current environment very 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 difficult and so maybe we could see a set that's more like oblivion in the future um whenever we're not gonna whenever we maybe have a smaller card pool because of a rotation but i hope that they've learned a lesson here and and i'm sure that they've learned many lessons with invade because we've gotten you know a lot of polarizing stuff so then there was this outrage over reddit that we didn't get a refund because they didn't adjust a specific card they adjusted a mechanic but realizing that when they uh, had that initial deck out, the invade deck, uh, invade combo deck, a lot of people crafted three ofs, um, a Demora Chandler, I think, I can't remember, no, not the Chandler, um, a Demora Adept, which is, I think, the three mana 4-3 that um, invades for every keyword it gets, and then what it, you, so if you play it and it's getting keywords from the gates, it invades a whole bunch of times, um, and th that's a legendary, and also Invasion Party, which is the legendary that allows you to invade three times in a row, or invade and summon one one scamps um so i i you know i think like i was one of those people i had the demora adepts but i did not have three invasion parties i crafted two more invasion parties for it so all of that to say i think it was 32 or 3600 gem refund that we got so you can go on right now and pick up that 32 or 3600 gem refund i don't think it's lasting real long so you want to log on soon if you're listening to this late you're not gonna get that refund um uh, but you know basically it was the equivalent it was what 3600 because they gave you three legendaries and so you're getting three free legendaries you if you if you crafted a set of legendaries for the invade combo deck you can now just go and, and get that invade so that that's pretty cool that they did that i didn't expect them to do it i don't think it was necessary for them to do it i think that some people thought it was necessary I wasn't of the personal opinion that it was necessary. I wasn't upset that I owned the invasion parties, even though they were not nearly as good of a card now as when I crafted them. I realized with the nature of a digital set, it's really hard to determine, especially with a, a, an adjustment to something like invade, 
it's hard to determine how much to award people back. I think that 3,600 gems was really generous and it seemed to make people happy. And then of course, like two days later, um, or maybe the day after, we also got the Thanksgiving award, which was, I think a couple of two free packs and um, an event ticket that you got if you logged on on, on um, Thanksgiving, which would have been, what was it, November 28th? Yeah, November 28th. Um, hard for me to keep track. I, I've had sick kids this week. We were in Children's Hospital last night instead of actually being at um, Thanksgiving dinner. So we missed out on turkey dinner and instead we spent the night at Children's Hospital. My kids are safe and okay now, but yesterday was a bit scary. And I came home late last night and had nachos by myself from leftover food from the day before. It wasn't exactly Thanksgiving that I was dreaming about. So we had all these updates to invade. We got this refund back. I hope this sort of appeases the community a little bit. Um, I, once again, I wasn't of the, the mindset where I was really upset that I didn't get a refund. I'm not of the mindset that I'm upset that the combo deck got changed. Um, I think it needed to be changed. I think the nerfs were appropriate. Um, I think that they did a good job. I think if, like, I think it's really close to what Ian Bits actually suggested at first. And so, you know, I would imagine they didn't have a lot of time to play test it. So it seems like they gave us like an initial quick adjustment to the gates. And then they actually play tested some solutions because they realized that this deck was so oppressive that they needed to do something. So then once they did something, they went back and play tested a bunch of stuff and tried out some things and found something that was a little bit more of a permanent fix for us. Because you have to realize like these things don't happen overnight. It takes a substantial amount of time for a design team to come up with ideas, brainstorm things, and then check it out, come back to the table, back and forth. So um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy with the adjustments that they made. Okay. Uh, oh, and there's one other thing. Right now, if you log on, you can get a couple of alternate art cards um, and uh, some packs for, I think, 20 US dollars. So um, you would get uh, an alt art of Black Dragon, a really sick um, card back. The alt art of Black Dragon is probably my favorite alt art of any card I've ever seen. It looks incredible. Uh, I don't really want to spend the $20, especially because Elder Scrolls Online with the Elsewhere and all DLC packs is currently $20 for Black Friday. I think I'm going to spend my $20 there instead of on some cosmetics. It, it does make me really wish that they would release some cosmetics in smaller pieces. Like, um, I probably would have thrown them, you know, five, six bucks, three bucks, whatever, for the alt art of a couple of these cards, specifically Black Dragon, like, hands down, would guarantee have given them a couple of bucks if I could just purchase alt art of the Black Dragon. Um, I'd, I'd rather see these things a little bit more piecemeal. I actually kind of like the way that Riot Games does some of their stuff with this, where if you have a specific thing that you want, like you don't have to go buy packs or things. Like if it's a cosmetic thing, actually, I don't know if they do this anymore. They used to do this. They're, I think they have different things now, but it used to be that you could go buy like a specific thing. I want the skin for this particular character. I can go buy that character with real money and I could go buy the skin for that character with real money. I would prefer to see that. I know they can't do that with the actual cards because of the pack system, but with cosmetics, instead of having to bundle packs that I don't need with a card back that I like, but I don't love, and a couple of alternate arts that I would gladly take, um, I would rather, it, it, just to get the Black Dragon, I, I mean, for me, I'm paying probably, like, I would pay a couple of bucks for some of those other things, but I'm probably paying like $15 for Black Dragon card art because that's, 
what I actually want right now. I don't want to spend that much on it. And so, you know, I would much rather see them piece these things out. I'd, I'd much rather see like a store feature where one of the tabs in the store, you know, you have packs and special deals and then you have co a cosmetic tab um, or an alternate art tab and you can go in there and just purchase with real money. They don't even have to make it worth for shards or with gold, real money only because it's strictly cosmetic and be able to go in there and purchase cosmetics like card backs that you can't get any other way other than buying them or um or, you know premium card backs would be cool um i don't know i don't think maybe a new board i don't know if that's a, a reasonable thing or not alternate out of cards um i'd love to see that because i would buy that black dragon for three to five dollars in a second like in a heartbeat i would buy it and and would love that so um, okay, so let's move on to something else that I um, recently um, uh, experienced, and that is I got an invite to play a new game, a new card game called Casa, C-A-U-S-A, Voices of the Dusk. Um, actually, uh, Sophie um, or uh, brought uh, gave me a code where she had had an invite to it, and so she gave me a code for it. Um, and so I checked it out. I, I started playing it. It's a new card game coming out. It's a pretty small design team. And I didn't get a big ch a big ch chance to play it. Like when I played Legends of Runeterra, I've, I sort of played a lot throughout the course of a weekend. Um, I basically got a handful of hours to sort of sit down at two different chunks to play this new card game. I played through the tutorial, which honestly took me like the bulk of my time. I sort of ran through some of the cards and looked at some of the mechanics outside of that. But I thought I'd talk about a few of the things that this does really well um and so uh it does a couple of things new a couple of things unique um similar to Mythgard, um their mechanic for gaining resources um like you would gain magicka in elder scrolls legends is by doing something called burning cards and so the way they do that is you choose a card from your hand and you put it in this basically this burnt or this resource pile and then you can use the cards like you can then play cards from your hand equal to the cost in in your resource pile the other thing they do is you don't actually spend those resources they just stay there in that stack and like for example on turn two if i have two in my resource i can play anything in my hand that costs two but if i play that thing that costs two it doesn't use the two that i have um, I can play something else that costs two or something else that costs one. So that's sort of like your threshold. Like I can play anything that's two or below and you can only play two cards a turn. So you can burn a card and play two cards. And then at the beginning of your turn, or maybe it's the end of your turn, you always draw back up to four cards. And if you have four cards, you draw one card. So um, it's pretty interesting. So on your turn, a lot of times you're burning a card, playing one or two cards out. Um, and you are attacking your opponent, um, very similar to what you would in Legends, where you are attacking your opponent's face or you're attacking the creatures that they have on the board. You do not have two lanes, so it's single lane and um, the attacker is the controller of the trades, very similar to Hearthstone, whereas like Legends of Runeterra or Magic the Gathering, the defender is the one who controls the trades, which generally speaking keeps a much more sort of stagnant um, board state that I prefer. I, I prefer defender choosing trades over attacker choosing trades. Um, as far as I could tell, there's not like interrupts in this, like you have in Legends of Runeterra or Magic either. So it's, it, it's, it's interesting though, the way that the resource management goes, because after you burn cards, 
you can actually bring them back. So you can actually each turn later on, so let's say turn one, two, and three, you start burning off your really high cost cards, your fours, your fives, and your sixes, because you can't play them anyway. So now they're in this pool, fours, fives, and sixes. Then in the middle of the game, you start pulling cards out of that pool. So I might start pulling a four out and then dumping a two in because now I'm past the early game. And then you can play those cards that you pull from that pool, but you're not generate, you can only burn one card a turn. So if you pull one out and burn one, you're not going up in your resources. So I think that that is a really cool mechanic that I found to be really intriguing. There's this sort of, um, this, this strategy that goes along with what cards am I gonna put in this burnt pool? And then when am I gonna start pulling cards out? Like at what point, do I feel comfortable enough with the resources that I have that I can play what's in my hand or what's in my deck without being disappointed if I pull that six cost card and I'm sitting at four in my burn pull because I've been putting stuff in while simultaneously pulling stuff out. So it's sort of like turning them upside down and setting them in reserve in a physical card game, which is actually very similar to the World of Warcraft trading card game in paperback form that I played in college briefly. Um, my guild was playing World of Warcraft. I had a guild from my church. I was playing with a lot of them. So we got into the trading card game because you could get in-game items through some lucky packs in the trading card game. And so I built a couple of decks and we played um, very casually a couple of times and that game burn out but in that game you would take cards from your hand and you would turn them upside down and burn them into a pool in front of you and then you would use those like you would lands or mana in Magic the Gathering or like Magicka and you would tap them and use them. This game is not exactly like that, but it sort of builds off of that mechanic, which is what Mythgard does. Mythgard has the burn a card from your hand, then you can use that as, you know, Magicka in the future or a resource to play other cards in the future, and you do deplete those and it replenishes every round, where in, um, where in this Cossack game, that isn't, that isn't the case. Um, you put them in there, they stay there, you don't burn them, you don't use them, um, and then you can pull them back out. So it's almost like um, a reserve for your end game where you're getting your end game out of your hand, playing your early game by getting your end game out of your hand, and then you can cycle back putting early game cards that you draw eventually in your burn pile while cycling your end game cards back into your hand. Um, there's a lot of mechanics in this game around deck destruction, deck burning, um, or probably more commonly called milling. And this is where you are burning cards off the top of your deck and putting them directly in the graveyard, or you're burning cards off your opponent's deck and putting them directly in the graveyard. Um, and then like when you go to draw and you cannot draw anymore, you start taking five damage a round, which is really significant. I mean, you can only live like one or two rounds of doing that in this game. Um, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I didn't, I don't love that. Like, I don't love mill. I, mill doesn't seem interactive to me. Um, I don't like managing it. I don't like really doing it to people. I hate it when someone else mills me. Um, and I haven't had to deal with that since my days in Magic the Gathering. And I can tell you that I didn't like it in this game. Um, I liked a lot about the game. The UI is really, really great. Um, you each have your own separate board, which is um, very interesting. And now I'm thinking about it, you may 
choose to defend things. I can't remember. Um, you have your own separate board, which is really interesting. And so there's like a little customization, like they have a, a board, a landscape board, and you have a board. And there's a little bit of customization you can do for yourself there. I'm sure there's card backs and stuff in the game too, or if there isn't, there will be. I know this game is still pretty early in development. Um, I know that they're just sort of doing some uh, beta, like early access stuff right now. Um, they did give me a lot of, you know, starting gold and crafting supplies to be able to make some decks. I didn't really get into actually deck crafting myself. Um, I can tell you that, like, it wasn't as intuitive of le as, as Legends or Terra, but, I mean, this is a small publisher, a small design team. Like, they don't have the resources of Riot. So it's it's not like, you. I know that you're comparing a card game to a card game, but you're not comparing apples to apples. It's like apples to a fruitcake. Like, it's, it's just not the same. I mean, they're in the same area of the market or similar area of the market, but they're, it's not the same. So, um, it, it was really cool. I think it's worth checking out. I think that you can go online, um, and you can just search it. It's C-A-U-S-A -A, Voices of the Dusk. You can find it on Steam right now. And if you're on Steam, I think that you can apply for a code for one of their next upcoming test weekends. So I encourage you to do that because if you end up really liking this game, being part of these test weekends is awesome because they, they give you a whole bunch of starting gold to buy packs with. Um, the pack animation, like when you're opening packs, the pack animation is beautiful. It's beautiful. I personally think it's my favorite pack opening animation that I've seen so far. Um, I think it was great. So I don't know, but kudos to whoever worked on that because they did a really good job with that. It was like a joy to open up my packs um, and check out the cards. It's an interesting art direction. Um, it's a little, it's a little bit darker, kind of like Elder Scrolls Legends, um, but it's. I don't know. I'm not going to say it's not It's not good. Um, I will say it's not me. I don't know. Like, one of the first cards you get introduced to is, like, this barbarian woman in, like, a metal um, or, like, a chain metal, chain mail, like, um, Red Sonia style armor. Uh, if you don't know who Red Sonia is, you're probably not even safe Googling her. Um, but it, she's, like, it, odd. Like, she looked like she could be pregnant maybe uh, maybe it was a, a man with a bit of a belly i'm not sure it was a really it was a really weird piece of artwork to see and and i got it and i was like this this is a weird this is a weird looking card um it was not my favorite artwork um overall like i i'm pretty tied to intellectual property when it comes to my card games hence hearthstone legends rune terra and elder scrolls legends and the reason i cannot play haven't been able to bring myself to play Mythgard is I don't understand what the heck is going on. Like everything, like the art direction is in so many different ways. The theme is in so many different directions. It's not an intellectual property that I'm familiar with because it isn't an intellectual property that anybody's familiar with. And card games have to be pretty heavily linked to a good intellectual property for me to be interested. That being said, I will most likely go back the next time I can play this game and um, check it out again. Um, although, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I really liked it um, in like the limited amount that I played it. I think that there's some interesting stuff. I will say this. I'll, I'll talk about it again if I have another opportunity to play it because I didn't end up playing against any real people. Um, but their tutorials were interesting. And I think there's interesting decisions to be made there that that strategy is a little bit different. It's still a card game. It's still a card battler. But the the decisions that you have to make are a little bit more 
interesting than some other games that I've played. Um, and it just it itches the brain in, in a slightly different manner. So I don't have like a really good cohesive thought other than um, my final review of the game is like um, really interesting resource management. That is probably the bulk of the game for me because there's not a ton of game in the attacking and defending element. So the bulk of the game is resource management for me. Um, I really liked that element of it. Art direction is like I'm mediocre on. I like the art on a lot of the cards. Pack opening animations, I'm huge on. That was really good. The UI is excellent. Um, that was really good. Um, and the gameplay wasn't bad. I enjoyed the gameplay, although my favorite part of the gameplay was resource management. And a big negative for me, probably the biggest negative, is the milling. Um, the milling aspect of the game, I could sort of do without, but it does seem like after playing it a little bit and reading some of the cards, this is going to be a pretty central and core mechanic, like even in the tutorial um, runs, like they teach you what that means and how to do that. So it does seem like mill, I don't know if this is the case, but it seems like mill is to this game as prophecy is to Elder Scrolls Legends. Like it seems like, like the mill element is sort of built into the DNA of the game. I don't really understand that because I, I don't know too many people who like that, but maybe there's enough people out there that like it to support the game. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about uh, that. Um, Casa, Casi, Cassia, Cassia, Voices of the Dusk. I probably mispronounced it like a dozen times. Okay, that's going to actually wrap up this .5 episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, as always, you can go over to patreon.com, search for Legends Cast, and support us over there. Becoming a patron supporter gives you access to our Patreon um, channel in our Discord, which, by the way, you should join our Discord. If you listen to the show, join the Discord. It's a really active, great, vibrant community over there, um, and you can find that by, I don't know, looking for Legends Cast on Discord. It's Beefquake is our moderator, along with Jeff, and um, really appreciate the two of them, because they're constantly doing admin work in the background and making it happen. Also, there's a guy um, in our channel now named Fenrock, um, and uh, Fenrock has, I think that's his name, He's been awesome. Um, he built like an entire mod that like builds deck codes. Like you put the deck code in and it will like give you an image of the deck. Once you put the deck code in, it's working really awesome. It's been a great, great, great way to share decks and deck advice. It also does it for individual cards and pulls up their image right into our Discord. So join our Discord. Um, as you know, I am a pastor outside of doing this podcast. My heart is to pray for and support the community at large. And so if you're going through a difficult time, I just want you to know that you're not alone and I'm here to support you. So if you uh, want, you can email me or you can uh, message me on Discord, whatever. Um, but get, reach out, please, because I, I, I'd love to just listen to you, hear a little bit of your story. Uh, I don't have any answers, but I'm more than willing to support you and pray for you and give you a listening ear and someone to go to. That's going to wrap up this episode of Legends Cast. Come back next week when Dead Broke Nerd and I will both be back, and I'll be in my new room for the next full episode. I'm not 100% sure if we're going to have a guest or not, but I do have a couple of guests slated to come on the show in the near future, which we are really excited excited about and hopefully before too long we'll have a new expansion to talk about for elder schools legends okay that's it for this week thank you so much for listening and make sure you come back next week thanks for listening to legends cast a podcast about the cards the meta and the community of elder schools legends if you want to support legends cast you can always leave us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts or you can visit our patreon page at patreon.com slash 
Legends Cast. Be sure to come back next week and make sure that you check out our sponsor, both Inked Gaming and Team Rankstar at teamrankstar.com. <laughs>